Two White Chicks in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. China enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, hi. Welcome back to another episode of the Two White Chicks in China. This is episode one hundred and twenty-one. We have come so far, Nora. So far. Hopefully, today's episode is also going to enlighten you about what it's like to live in China and Chinese culture in general.、Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to the show. It's you guys that make it possible. That is very true, and I just want to say thank you to everyone who has left us reviews. Uh, and also to those people who are pledging to our Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/TwoWhiteChicks. Any donations that you give to us that goes towards improving the podcast and also for our future endeavors into video. <laughs> Both Holly and I are a bit camera shy. We're not crazy about doing video, but we've gotten some good response from some videos we've done in the past, and we believe YouTube is the thing now. So we want to use that as a tool to reach more people, and also I think it's really interesting for people to see what it's like in China. But bear with us as we figure out. We're a really small team, actually. It's basically Holly and I who do everything for the show. So I I think. You out there for sticking with us in our poor sound quality, in our less than perfect studio recording.、Um, so, thanks for sticking with us and engaging with the content despite its lack of professional flair. But yes, your donations will help us make it better. But just listening and sending us a review is fine enough. So don't feel that it's necessary. We appreciate everything. <laughs> okay, Nora, do you have a fact for us this week? Yes, I do. So it's Gao Cao season. Oh no! Yes, may it begin. So for those of you who aren't familiar, Gao Cao, which it just means higher exam in Chinese, is the most nightmarish, stressful, frustrating time in a high schooler's life in China. So if you haven't heard of it before, consider yourself lucky because it is not a fun thing to go through. It's an exam that basically determines the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, you thought you it was serious when you took your GCSEs. All those Brits out there, well, I don't think that was anything compared to this. <laughs> Definitely not. So this year, according to What's on Weibo, an estimate of nine point Seven five million students will be taking the Gao Cao, of which less than a hundred will become a Gao Cao superstar. Oh, I read. I'm not sure if you're gonna go onto this or not, but I, I read recently they're gonna ban this superstar thing. Yes, there's been talk of. So to become a Gao Cao superstar, you have to have very very high marks. So if it's only a hundred students within nine point seven five million, I did the math. That's point zero zero one percent. These students end up getting their choice of school and publicity, and it really helps set them on the right career path. So it's extremely vicious, and everybody wants those top spots. Yeah, I mean these kids must be coated like they must be like geniuses, I guess.、Mm-hmm. Indeed. Oh, they just had really pushy parents. 
<laughs> and no social life. I'm saying poor kids, but it is, as you said, it is like this does define their whole future. So once I guess once you've done it, you've done it, and then that's like got more freedom i suppose mm-hmm. you know what i love about china though is that this gaokao thing it's a level playing field in a lot of ways i mean okay let me clarify so granted the high gaokao marksmen let's <laughs> say are generally from either middle class or upper middle class mm. families who have been able to spend money on resources yeah. to help them in their studies but the test is the same for everybody. So in theory, somebody from a poor village can become one of these Gaokao superstars. Mm. And it's actually interesting. We were discussing this yesterday at the coffee shop where we discuss a lot of things. And in China, historically, they haven't had the same kind of caste system as even in the West that we had a couple hundred years ago, where if you're from a servant's class, it's almost impossible right. to go up the ladder. But in China, throughout the dynasties, actually different dynasties were di- different ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. And like, according to what was called the mandate of heaven, any person could become the emperor, basically. So yeah. it's really interesting. Like, you think about, like, China today does have a strict hierarchical structure, but actually it's more of a level playing field than a lot of the other societies today have been in the past. So it's it's kind of cool. Like, it's really stressful for these students, but it gives every student a chance in China to rise up. So what's in the news this week? All right. Um, so this is from China Wire, but this I've seen this news story everywhere. This is about a man who accidentally paid 150,000 RMB for one Baozi. <laughs> Baozi is a steamed bun, but steam bun doesn't really, really describe this treat. Uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a bun, but inside there's. You know, we've talked a lot about chashao bao, which is like this pork goodness inside the inside a bun. It's like stewed yeah, pork. it's so good. And uh, so these things usually cost about one point five yuan, which is I want to say fifteen pence in in English money. <laughs> uh, so obviously a tiny amount, but because everyone uses WeChat or Alipay to pay for things now. He'd, it seems as though this guy, a customer, had accidentally typed in the wrong price to pay for his bowser, and it took a month for this store to find this guy. So the, this is actually two articles. The first one is them saying, oh, this guy is paid for a bowser, we can't find him. The owner also took it a month to realise that he'd taken a whole year's salary in what, like in one month. <laughs> Um, and so he was trying to use social media to find this guy. They checked their surveillance footage, and then a month later, they finally discover this. They find this guy who's like, "Oh yeah, I must have uh, accidentally put in the wrong price." So to like, how can someone go a whole month without realizing fifteen thousand dollars came out of his account? <laughs> oh no, sorry, twenty thousand dollars, right? About fifteen thousand pounds. Yeah, that's insane. Like, how do you do that? How do you not realize such a large amount of money has come out? I I don't. I mean, welcome to China. Yeah, so I think you're paying twenty five cents, and you're actually paying twenty five thousand dollars for a Chinese Han Bao Bao, as they say, Chinese hamburger. (laughs) So yeah, luckily though, they found the guy, and they were able to offer him a refund. And the Bowser store is actually a chain, 
and to sort of say thank you to the owner for putting his hand up and saying, look, this is, like, this is terribly wrong. They've actually given him a reward of 5,000 yuan. Aww. Which is nice. The guy said, oh, he was in a rush when buying the buns and taking care of a child. <laughs> that was all he had to say about that. So, <laughs> yeah, watch yourself when you're um, paying digitally. I've definitely typed in an extra zero or two before, but you have so many chances to correct it. That's what surprises me. It's right. like you type in the price. If it's wrong, you can catch it before you put in your password. Yep. And then even after you've paid, mm-hmm. at least for me, I have my bank has an app that tells me anytime money's taken out of my account. Yep. So then I get an additional notification. Yep. And then if there's if it's an amount that's above, I think, a thousand or five hundred, then it sends me an additional text mm-hmm. message. So I get a text message, I get a message, a notification from the app, and then I have two chances to check the amount before yeah. sending the payment through. So this is really unusual that he was so on autopilot that he missed all of this. Yeah, I mean, obviously dropping so much money is, is not a big deal to this guy. <laughs> it's really heartwarming to know that they spent so much effort to mm-hmm. try and get it back to him. Definitely. This is not the China that it used to be. I mean, there used to be a lot more shady business going on where people would just kind of, oh, this kind of thing happened and they disappear. But we hear more yeah. and more accounts of people finding a bag of money or yeah, like last like last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So I'm really impressed with this. I feel mm. like people are doing a good job here. I think it's also the platform because like WeChat, you can track every transaction. Right. So part of it isn't just because oh they're such good people, but they also probably were worried mm-hmm. that in the future they would have a problem if they didn't report this and try and think, sort this out because yeah. you can see everything that happens there. Yeah, and I, I was also going to add, like, not to be a skeptic, but everything has been, you've been watched, like, all the time. Mm-hmm. So they would eventually track it down, like, track it back to the shop and then to the owner and then you're not going to, I mean, even if you run off with that money, like, that, as, that's like a year's salary for him. If he decided to do a runner, he's going to get found. There was a recent article... I don't know if this was in Hong Kong, but some guy was found, they used like facial recognition technology to, and they found some guy at like a gig, like a concert or something. I don't, I, I can't remember the circumstances, like why they were trying to find him, but. Oh, okay. So. That's the second time we've heard of this facial recognition. Oh yeah, there was that man who. Who was lost. Yeah, he had mental health problems, didn't he? And they found him. Mm-hmm. So it can be used for good as well. Right, so shall we listen to our question today? This comes from uh, Matthew, and his his question is more like he's he's commenting on our one of our videos, uh, the first video we did actually about chicken feet. So to understand a little bit more about what he's talking about in his intro, you can check out our video. It's on. You can just search for chicken feet on written Chinese, and I'll also add the link to our show notes, which will be at writtenchinese.com slash episode 121. Subscribe to Written Chinese on YouTube also Mm -hmm. if you're curious about the videos that we're doing. We've done some product reviews lately, but we're going to be trying to branch out into more fun stuff showing life in China (laughs) in the near future. So if you just search on YouTube Written Chinese, we'll have all of the Two White Chicks in China stuff going through that channel. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to Matthew.
I watched your videos about the chicken feet. I hope you enjoy it. I do not sure from what time chicken feet become popular. When I was a boy, the chicken was served to the guest. A big chunk of the meat was served to the guest, and the neck, the feet, the wings, and the neck. A head left to the child. In order to persuade them to eat such things, the Christ story, such as you, if you eat the head, you become a top official. If a boy eats the feet, he will good at writing, and if a girl eat, if a girl eat the feet, he would be good at needlework. But actually, in the families, we, the people do not buy the feet, the head for their、uh, for their meal. And but I don't know how it become a popular snack food,、uh, becomes a propaganda used to honor guests sometimes. But actually, this is not popular in the house meal. Okay, I love that he sent in this comment、mm-hmm. as a voicemail. It was、is、just it really, good, isn't it?、Mm-hmm. and I think it shed some light on something I've never. I've been in China for this long, and I've never heard of this.、Mm-mm. Me neither.、Um, like trying to convince kids to eat the. <laughs> so what was it? The head.、Mm-hmm. It makes you. They, if you eat the head, then you become a top leader. Yeah, yeah. And then for boys, if they eat the feet, then they become a good writer. Yeah. And for girls, if they eat the chicken feet, they become good at needlework. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like,、um, yeah, I've never come. I've never heard this either. But it's、yeah. similar to the kind of white lies that our parents would tell us to convince us to eat broccoli and peas and、yeah. all these things that kids generally don't like to eat. Yeah, like carrots help you see in the dark. But I do think isn't there some actual truth behind that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, <laughs> vitamin K supposedly、right. helps、yeah. with night vision. Yeah, but they're not gonna. You're not obviously not gonna be able to see in the dark. Oh, is that what your parents told you that you'd be able to、yeah. have like night vision? Well, that's the implication, isn't it? Oh, you'll be able to see in the dark. Yeah, of course I want to do that.、Sounds、so、great. your mind just goes immediately to superhero. Yeah, I, I had a vivid imagination as a child. <laughs> kind of still do. <laughs> nice. I remember my mom convincing Bethany. I think that、uh, so Bethany is a, one of my younger sisters that eating broccoli would help her get bigger, taller,、oh, taller. Yeah, yeah veg. Yeah, I can. I can. We. We were told that eating the crusts off your bread would give you curly hair. <laughs> so my brother already had curly hair as a child, so he just did not eat crusts on anything. So I kind of backfired there, my mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we looked into this. Like Matthew's asking, like, or saying that he's not sure about the origins or why chicken feet became such a popular delicacy in China. And actually, it's it's not just eaten in China. They eat it in Vietnam, in the Philippines, and also in Korea, and probably other other countries too. But it seems as though the reason why. And I think we've spoken about this in other episodes. How it's quite common to eat every part of the animal in China. Nothing goes to waste. You can go to a supermarket or or your a local sort of butcher's. I mean, it's not really a butcher's, but kind of.、Um, and you can see every inch of that animal like available to、yeah. buy. And it's all going to get sold as well. Like even the half calf face. 
which oh, sounds a cow, like a cow. Yeah, yeah and the pigs too. And yeah, the pigs yeah. trotters and snouts mm-hmm. and yeah, you basically yeah. see the whole thing butchered and laid out in front of you. All right, exactly. I was in Sam's Club. So all of you Americans out there, if you know what Sam's Club is, so we have one here in China, mm-hmm. and they had. Recently, must have been very recently, chopped the head off a massive fish, like a huge fish. Just its head was about the size of a basketball. And as I was walking by it, it was some kind of reflex. The head, like the mouth goes, and it scared the living daylights out of me. I think I would have shrieked and run away. (laughs) Yeah. My mom and dad, they love going to the grocery store in China because it's just so different. Because yeah. we have in Shenzhen, we have Walmart and we have the Sam's Club. And it's kind of familiar if you're used to the ones back home. But then no, you walk yeah. by a massive fish head and it gasps at you and you're like, oh, yes, I'm in China. It was horrifying. <laughs> they used to sell um, live alligators there, too. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, but they used to sell live alligators and quite a few live Reptiles, turtles, some things. Yep. Do they still sell those there? Because I've seen, I haven't checked in a long time, but they used to sell them in Walmart too. They don't sell live turtles anymore at Sam's Clubs, but they have them at Vanguard. Mm. They have snakes, frogs, turtles. Oh, I haven't seen those ones, yeah. but definitely the turtles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So the this idea of eating the whole animal, it's still common now but obviously in the past there was less food to go around so it was out of necessity that people had to eat every single part and I think this is obviously the same in the past in the west too like I've heard stories about my grandma eating like uh, tripe and things and I know obviously some parts of the world tripe is still popular in soup for example but nowadays, like if you mentioned eating tripe to a young person in the UK, they would just be, they would probably wouldn't even know what tripe was, in all fairness. But yeah, in China, they eat, yeah, the trotters, the ears, the just every single part. And I think we're so squeamish about that in the West. Like we've, it, we're almost a bit snobby about it. Like you just assume that you can only eat the certain parts because that's the good meat. But in actual fact, there's parts of, the animal that we don't eat in the West that they eat in China, which is actually really good for you. Definitely. The chicken feet actually have a lot of collagen, mm. like naturally occurring fat and collagen, which is, yeah. as your Chinese friends will be quick to tell you, good for the skin. And we, uh, I think it's true. Like if I eat a plate of chicken feet, I really do <laughs> see, like it's on my hands. I can see that my skin mm. looks more nourished. I'm not kidding you. So I, I believe it now. Yeah. It's interesting that there are quite a few, let's call them delicacies in China. And actually most of them are eaten because of Chinese medicine. Like it's somehow connected to, I mean, I think most of the food that people eat in China are, are always connected to traditional Chinese medicine and making sure the body's balanced and whatnot. I discovered that chicken feet are actually so popular and in such high demand in China that they're more expensive than chicken breast. So it costs, for a kilo of raw chicken feet, it costs around 12 to 16 yuan, which is, let's say, $2 in China, compared with 11 to 12 yuan for one kg of frozen chicken breast. (laughs) They love them so much, they're actually more expensive (laughs) than the parts that we would eat at home. I love how they fancy it up by calling them. So in Chinese, you generally don't call them 
chicken feet. Mm. Like you can say ji jiao, but most people will call them either feng zhua or right. <laughs> yeah, or ji zhua, which is like feng zhua is like phoenix claw.、Yeah. It sounds so exotic <laughs> and awesome, like phoenix talon. Yeah, <laughs> but、uh, yeah, it makes it like mythological, doesn't it? As though what you're gonna eat will give you some sort of magical power. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I looked into some other Chinese delicacies that we've probably mentioned、uh, in the podcast before. The biggie that I looked into was bird's nest soup. You? Yeah.、Uh, have you tried that before? No. I'm not really into eating spit. Yeah. So this bird's nest soup is formed from the congealed saliva of two species of small birds, and they refer to them as nests because of the texture. They look like like some sort of strawy kind of nest thing, just like a small bundle. Um, and they, it's either they're either very white or like muddy in colour. This is it's disgusting, but basically, obviously, the the pure that the whiter it is, the better it is because if it's brown and whatnot, then it's probably got a lot of poop and other bad things in it. <laughs> Sorry, but when you add it to a bowl of soup or broth or whatever, then the the dried nest becomes like this jelly jelly substance. So even describing it is kind of making me feel gross. <laughs> And it's very unique t- texture, and but it ha- it's also sweet. And I've unfortunately had I've I've actually tried this before, and wow, it's、uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I had to be very polite because we'd gone to it was when I was still teaching, and we'd gone to visit some parents. It was expected that I went with the、uh, Chinese staff, and we went to visit. Some of the different parents and kids, and they offered this to us. And at the time, I was still quite new to these kind of. I had no idea how expensive this thing was as well, and that they were offering it to us, and that was like a really big deal. And I really had no idea, so I did. I did try my best to have a little bit, but it was it was super hard.、Mm-hmm. And this is、um, this was. Allegedly prized even by Chinese emperors in the past, and it was a massive part of like banquets and celebrations. And it's still, you know, it's still a big part of traditional Chinese medicine because it's believed to improve the skin, respiratory health, and also libido. That, that's always such a big thing. A lot of these delicacies, they've always got to do with. Like improving libido and whatnot.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> a kilo of this of these white nests. So they must be quite light. I imagine like when they're dried. So a kilo can fetch up to two thousand dollars. And the、yeah. way they display them,、mm-hmm. same as the sea cucumbers, which I guess we'll probably touch on、yeah. a little bit later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is like jewelry. They've got these. Right, like、yeah. you go to the supermarket.、Mm. And a lot of them will sell the bird's nest, but it's got its own kiosk with its、yeah. own sales lady. Yeah, in like these glass case、mm. cases on like velvet, velour, yeah, stands and stuff like that. It's、mm-hmm. got its own lighting. It's all like you're looking at a museum display or something. Yeah, and then the box is really ornate. You know, you get. One bird's nest, and it's like in this massive box, and it's just so extravagant, and the price tags are enormous,、yeah. and it's just like everything's under lock and key. You wouldn't believe just the display of luxury、mm-hmm. it is to buy one of these things, right? And so, so on that, then let's let's talk about sea cucumbers. 
<laughs> which I love seeing them in the display case because they are the most hideous creatures ever. It's a slug with spikes. Yeah, they're definitely. They a are fat slug. It's uh, like it's like a sea, it looks like a sea monster, a mini sea monster. Yeah, yeah, mini sea monster. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's like this green brown pukey color, mm -hmm. and the spikes are just oh, it just looks horrible and then they have it there in these jeweled cases yep. on like a velvet shelf or something there they are displayed and they just look so fancy and they're so expensive mm. <laughs> these are just displayed in like normal supermarkets these aren't fancy it's not like in a fancy mall or something this is just in a say a corner of the mall where it's just it's just insane just mm -hmm. like all of these, yeah, like boxed up and that. Mm -hmm. And there's yeah. always one lady there <laughs> sitting and waiting to sell them because they yep. they require their own attendance. <laughs> yeah. So um, I found this quote from, so this is from the uh, Chinese Qing Dynasty Manual of Gastronomy. And inside it stated, uh, as an ingredient, sea cucumbers have little to no taste are full of sand and are remarkably fishy in smell. Mm. For these reasons, it's also the most difficult ingredient to prepare well. I mean, that's really selling it, isn't it? It makes it sound delicious. But again, comes back to the old traditional Chinese medicine. It's believed to improve male sexual health and acts as an aphrodisiac because obviously it looks like a phallus. That's why they eat tiger penis too. I just read an article about all the tigers that are being uh, consumed, which is also really sad. But they just... And, and there's other things that look like a penis, so they think it's gonna improve they have a lot of this though like they believe walnuts are good for your brain because it looks like a brain like right. a fresh walnut mm -hmm. so there's a lot of this kind of i want to say superstition yeah. because it's still like a lot of these things are not proven by science right and i wonder if people continue to use these things and take them because there's some kind of like placebo effect like everyone believes it so you should just continue to do it it was really interesting so i was talking to my dad last night and he's a doctor and he was talking about just how strong the placebo effect is mm -hmm. and how in so many clinical studies the people who get the placebo do just as well That's as really interesting isn't it? yeah so it's really interesting so it might actually work in that respect. Well, like if you think it's going to work, sometimes it really does work. Well, that's all well and good, but how about they find something that's not like killing all these tigers? And right. Things? Endangered species are like a super... A lot of the corrupt officials in China like to have these tiger dinners or like wild monkey. They eat a lot of endangered animals. Because yeah. it's a lot of it is just for the face of it, like the display of wealth mm -hmm. to their peers because it's obviously highly illegal and very expensive to do these kind of things yeah. but it's very gruesome and mm -hmm. i heard that the last indonesia or indo chinese tiger was killed and eaten by a businessman in 2009 but fortunately they caught him he was sentenced to 12 years in jail but uh yeah this this stuff is real it's still yeah. like there's this kind of still this um just belief in consuming all of these like the rarer yeah. the species the more it must do for your yeah, body yeah that's it that's definitely and it really does astound me like how how much this is still going on you think yeah. they've just gotten over it by now like seriously stop killing things yeah my husband was at dinner with one of his, his chinese friends and they offered him an eagle mm -hmm. 
like, we're having eagle tonight. Would you like to join? He's like, I'm not eating an eagle. Yeah, like, how do you do that to me? It's, like, so barbaric. How can you eat such a majestic creature? Yeah. But then, you know, people in India probably think we're horrible for eating cows. And I right, do believe right. cows are also really soulful when yes. you look into the eyes of a little calf that's really soulful. So yeah, it's definitely. all in the perspective, I guess. I, I used to think maybe there was some just sort of, like, translation issue. Like, you're not really eating an eagle. It's like with the phoenix claw thing. They've... They're saying it's an eagle, but really it's just like pigeon or something, which I can deal with. <laughs> I mean, p- eating pigeons better than eating an eagle. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, and also dried cucumber, sea cucumbers are a thing. Just to go back to that, they're very still also very expensive, and the dried ones can go for like three and a half thousand RMB per kilo. You've seen those, like seen the sea cucumbers in like Ole, right? Those super expensive ones, aren't they going for like thirty, forty thousand RMB? They're nuts. I don't know the exact <laughs> prices, but they're nuts. It is nutty. Because I assume, I don't really know that much about the market, but I assume there's certain companies who have a better reputation, like wild-caught sea cucumbers versus farmed sea Mm. cucumbers. And a friend of mine whose father was working in the fish industry in China for more than 20 years told me that this was all just one big hoax and that you can't even sell sea cucumbers in in Europe or in the United States because of the high amount of carcinogens that exist in them and here they're feeding them to pregnant women apparently a lot of people believe that they're good for pregnancies so moving on the next one is century egg i have not tried this hunt the hundred year egg Mm. i haven't had 100 years i've had a seven year egg (laughs) and (laughs) the memory of this haunts me to this very day yeah um i i'm not sure if i've had one of these i mean i've se- i've seen them and i'm actually now i'm thinking about it long story short we went to a hen party last year and we did sort of like dares and i'm, I'm sure one of those do you remember one of the things that we had to eat i'm sure it was one of those eggs oh. or was it something like that maybe it wasn't the hundred year egg oh i think it do was you remember now yeah, yeah it yeah. was like black gelatinous oh man it, it was, was a fermented so egg of bad some, some kind. so bad they eat so many eggs here yeah when you go to the supermarket to buy eggs they have like <laughs> it's like a rainbow it's not just chicken eggs there's a million kind of chicken eggs and then yeah. there's duck egg which i never ate duck no. egg before and also quail eggs they're quail a big thing eggs here. And kids eat those eggs by the bucket lot. yeah they just like <laughs> stick them on us like a skewer mm. and barbecue them mm. yeah yeah, yeah. They eat so many different kinds of eggs. Eggs are like a huge part yeah. of Chinese cuisine. It's like our cheese. Their eggs are like our cheese. Yeah, they have like different <laughs> grades and how they ferment them, etc., yeah. etc. Yeah, the egg that I ate, oh, I'm telling you, I've eaten a lot of weird things in China, but this was, as far as taste goes, the worst thing I've eaten. Mm-hmm. The texture was like wet cement, and it was putrid, the smell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had a teeny spoonful, and it was another situation like you had where it was. Being I was polite. a guest in somebody's mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. They had put a lot of effort into making a really amazing meal, yeah. and then as a guest of honor, I got the egg. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is actually? We didn't explain mm-hmm. what is a century egg. Right. So here's the story. A long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> A farmer found a preserved duck egg in a muddy pool of water and slaked lime. After surviving a, a tasting, he set out to repli- uh, replicate them manually, resulting in a delicacy 
that would endure for centuries as a comfort food in Hong Kong, China, and parts of Southeast Asia. Comfort food? Yeah, apparently. To make the egg now, they uh, make a vat, which is typically filled with a combination of strong black tea, lime, salt. I mean, lime is in the stone, I guess. Not, not limes. Uh, salt and freshly burned wood ashes and then the next day they put duck quail or chicken eggs uh, into the mixture and then they're soaked anywhere from seven weeks to five months uh, not actually for a century okay so the name is a bit of a cop-out it's not true and then they come out and yeah as you say it's like a black i think you can get different colored ones though can't you but usually it's it's gone gotten so rotten that the it's gone black and it's like a jelly on the outside and then inside it's just green and and rotten and and, li- and liquidy it's almost like just shocking like how bad it smells no thank you yeah but again another delicacy and i, I read i'm not sure if i read this on quora but someone was saying that when they were a child like they they hated the idea of it but then when they were sick their mom would make congee with pork and then the the century egg and that it was like really soothing it was meant to help him get better yeah i don't mind the ones that are as much the ones that are processed in the modern way like you were talking about in the tea and stuff i've had that chopped up in congee also and i don't mind it as much but this one that i tried was like more like the traditional way where they bury it in the ground but instead of waiting 100 years i waited seven years (laughs) which is long enough it's long enough (laughs) yeah and it was oh no no thank you (laughs) cool well Mm -hmm. we don't know too much about the origins of chicken feet we hope that this episode introduced you to some interesting snacks that you can try when Mm -hmm. you're here in china yeah and watch this space because you might see a video and we might we might take you around the supermarket and show you some of these things (laughs) definitely so I'm going to leave you with the Chinese word of the day, mm. which is, as I mentioned before, chicken feet, the way you say chicken feet in China. So it literally means phoenix talon. <laughs> so it's feng zhua, or you can say chicken talon is also ji zhua. So Holly will put the link for that character, those characters in the show notes episode one two one mm-hmm. yeah as well as any other links from the research because there are some really interesting articles on these delicacies that we've talked about in this episode don't forget to leave us a voicemail if you have questions about life in china don't worry if we've done an episode before about a topic because we've been doing the show now for almost two years probably more than that now yeah, a little actually. more than two years yeah <laughs> so Things have changed here in China. They change so rapidly. Just the other day, I noticed there's a new skyscraper that I hadn't seen before. (laughs) So quickly here. So we could always go back and do a similar topic again. So don't feel like you have to search through everything that we've done and give us a unique topic. If you're curious and you haven't heard what you wanted to hear, send us a voicemail, writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Yeah, and if you want to get in touch with us, just leave a comment or whatever. You can also... Go to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash two white chicks, and the two is T W O. Thanks for listening. Bye.